Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Both sides in agreement on one thing, that today is a sad day in the United States. The lead starts right now. Breaking today, Speaker Pelosi saying the Democrats have no choice but to go ahead with articles of impeachment against President Trump as the speaker warns a reporter not to, quote, mess with her over whether hatred for the president is driving impeachment. And where in the world is Rudy Giuliani during all this? Apparently in Ukraine, meeting with a conspiracy theory pusher with a KGB pedigree. Plus, smoke and Joe Biden explodes on a voter in Iowa, calling him a damn liar, challenging him to a push-up and IQ contest. What caused so much tension at an Iowa town hall? Welcome to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper. We begin today with our politics lead and history, with President Trump now almost certain to become the third U.S. president to be impeached by the House of Representatives. Speaker Pelosi announcing earlier today, House Democrats are moving forward with articles of impeachment against the president. Pelosi saying, that Mr. Trump left her with no choice but to act. Members of Congress are now faced with these two key questions. One, what do we know about the president's actions? And two, do they rise to an impeachable offense? We know, according to the president's own words, he asked the president of Ukraine to pursue an investigation of his political rival, Joe Biden, as well as an investigation into a debunked conspiracy theory that Ukraine, not Russia, interfered in the last election. We know, according to key witnesses, President Trump conditioned a White House meeting and badly needed aid for Ukraine, at least in part on Ukraine announcing these investigations. We know that the White House meeting with Ukraine has never happened and that the aid was only released after a whistleblower came forward and members of Congress protested. And we know the administration has prevented Congress from learning more, asserting executive privilege and ignoring at least 71 requests for additional information, including subpoenas, documents, and testimony. Now, does that all amount to high crimes and misdemeanors and an abuse of power? Does the lack of testimony from key senior aides to the president undermine the case? Or does it just add to a case of obstruction of justice? CNN's Phil Mattingly reports that members of the House may have to decide what they think pretty quick, maybe even within the next two weeks. Today, I am asking our chairman to proceed with articles of impeachment. Twelve words for history. Speaker Nancy Pelosi making clear President Trump is almost certainly on a path to be impeached by the House. It's heartbreaking, but the president gave us no choice. Sources tell CNN Democrats are considering articles including abuse of power, bribery, obstruction of Congress, and obstruction of justice. Even as some Democrats, sources say, have told leaders they remain wary of expanding the scope beyond the Ukraine investigation and into elements of special counsel Robert Mueller's report. Pelosi today refusing to get into internal deliberations. My chairman will be making recommendations as to what the articles of impeachment would. But the timeline for a final vote 
coming more into view as the House Judiciary Committee announced its next impeachment hearing for Monday, teeing up a possible committee consideration of articles by the end of next week and final floor votes on the articles the week of December 16th. House Republicans continuing with complete unity to oppose each step of the process. Today with the speaker announcement, she has weakened this nation. As their Senate counterparts met this week with the top White House lawyer to plan the president's defense. The actual structure of the Senate trial, though, still unknown. It's impossible to answer your question right now. Senate leaders plan to meet and try and hammer out a bipartisan roadmap forward. There remains no guarantee one will come to fruition, leaving open the possibility that a White House push for live testimony from people like Hunter Biden and the whistleblower may be subject to a simple majority vote in a chamber where Republicans control 53 seats, something one Democratic senator told CNN would be like, quote, rolling a hand grenade into the chamber. The House will be in order. The kind of institutional schism that is already firmly underway in the House, as seen on live TV when in a rare show of anger, Pelosi fired back at a reporter. Do you hate the president, Madam Speaker? Because I don't, I don't hate anybody. Walking back to the microphone to make her point for all to hear. As a Catholic, I resent your using the word hate in a sentence that addresses me. I don't hate anyone. I was raised in a way that is full, a heart full of love and always prayed for the president. So don't mess with me when it comes to words like that. Jacob, it's an extraordinary moment when you saw the speaker say that. Now, when it comes to the decisions that need to be made over the next couple of weeks, the biggest is the articles of impeachment. And Democrats right now, while they're closely holding what the internal negotiations are, are signaling that they will, in fact, include some elements of the Mueller report related to obstruction of justice into an article of impeachment. Some Democrats are wary of that. It appears right now they will move forward. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Should get some answers next week, Jake. All right, Phil Mattingly on Capitol Hill, thanks so much. Uh, Let's chew over all this. Uh, Jamal, let me start with you. I have heard uh, House Democratic aides say that the pushback should be on the issue about whether or not Democrats are rushing this, um, which is a concern that I've heard from Democrats, too, not just Republicans, that the pushback should be this is a, a danger to the republic. The president has shown a pattern of constantly trying to get other countries to interfere in the election. Uh, And that was the subject of the Mueller report. Uh, That's the subject of the Ukraine scandal. And if Congress doesn't step in uh, and and do this now, then who knows what they'll do. Is that effective, do you think? Um, It is effective in the sense that if Democrats can stay on message and be sure that everybody's in the same zone, which is the president of the United States uses his official position to benefit himself, not to benefit the country, and it is a danger to the republic of what he's up to, It could work because people would finally listen. Here's the thing. The people who are nervous about this, fighting Donald Trump is like fighting a virtual reality octopus, like with augmented weapons. You've got to use every single tool that you have if you want to take this president on because he will use every single tool that he has. And Democrats can't get caught in this vice of hoping there's going to be some referee or umpire somewhere who's going to call fouls and say, oh, no, 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 Donald Trump, you're out of line here. They have to be the ones to do it. And I think that will benefit them politically. And history will look back, even if they lose, even if the Senate doesn't do it, doesn't convict him. 
history will look back and say the Democrats got elected to stand up against Donald Trump, and they did. So, Amanda, uh, Congressman Francis Rooney, who is a Republican from Florida, he's retiring. Uh, he's shown uh, w- uh, one of the few Republicans in the House to show like a, a, an open mind about this, even though he voted against the impeachment inquiry. He has not made up his mind about in- uh, impeachment, he says. In an interview with CNN just minutes ago, he said the Democrats uh, have been rushing to judgment. He said it might be enough to vote against impeachment because of this rush. Do you do you buy that if Republicans slowed it? I mean, if Democrats slowed it down, that that might be better in terms of trying to get more Republicans on board or is or is that just a canard? Well, I think the only chance they have of getting Republicans is if they do slow it down, because I think they're very vulnerable on the bribery charge that they are about to make. To get that charge to land, to stick, as Jonathan Turley mentioned yesterday, I think they have to get documents somehow showing a connection between the White House and OMB. And I'll just note, earlier today, Russ Vogt, who's acting director of OMB, is on another network talking, took one flimsy little question about defying a subpoena. And so I feel like you have to get there. And so this is really, the Democrats have to make a big decision. Do they want to go big, rush this quickly, make this about democracy being at stake, the integrity of elections, and just stamp the letter I on his chest in January? Or do they want to drag this out in the hopes of maybe getting two or three Republicans in the Senate? That's that's their choice. Isn't OMB at the White House? I think OMB well, is part of the executive well, office of the president. But I was referring to Russ Vogt, <laughs> who is running the place now and is currently defying a subpoena, yet doing interviews with another network. So uh, Vivian, I'm, I'm, I think I can guess which one. Um, Vivian, uh, the House Minority Leader, Republican Kevin McCarthy of California, uh, he made this argument using Speaker Pelosi's own words from earlier this year. Take a listen. She laid out a criteria, the Speaker of the House, telling the American public of March of this year that impeachment was so divisive that it would divide the nation, that the only way we could move down that it had to be compelling, it had to be overwhelming, and it had to be bipartisan. The standard that she gave to the nation, that she gave to her own conference, she will not hold her own self to. Well, I think Pelosi would argue that it is definitely compelling and it's definitely overwhelming. What is the response to the idea that this is not bipartisan, at least in terms of votes? Is that a failure of the Democrats, or is that because Republicans are refusing to look at the facts? I think it's uh, actually a product of the times we're in right now, where uh, the, no one was under the impression that this wouldn't be a massively uh, partisan endeavor uh, going into it. And Nancy Pelosi, more than anyone else, was aware of that. And that's why for months she was cautioning what this would do to the country um, and the impact it would have overall on just the state of the party itself, going into an election year and what that could do for some of the Democrats who are going in um, and fighting, uh, you know, uh, for, for their seats uh, in, in districts that are very impeachment weary. And so this is something that we are at, we're looking at this year and saying, well, OK, we've, we've built up this case, uh, allegedly, that the president has abused his power. And that's what Democrats are insisting. But at the end of the day, uh, a lot of Democrats still wanting to keep that narrow because of the fact that if they bring in the Mueller investigation and possible obstruction of justice, then it just gets they lose they lose their focus. And so that is something that the party itself cannot agree on. And, and that's where we are kind of going into this election year, going into this, uh, you know, the end of this phase of it and a possible Senate trial. Uh, Democrats themselves are not exactly on the same page. And so that's something that is uh, concerning Nancy Pelosi 
beyond anyone else. Some Democrats want to bring in child separation at the border, right. or the Muslim ban. They want to bring in all sorts of things. Yeah, the sort of kitchen uh, sink strategy. But listen, if you're one of these 43 uh, frontline Democrats, and some of those folks were the ones very wary of impeachment post uh, Mueller report, post Explain what you mean by frontline Democrats. So these are the these are the Democrats who won in districts where uh, Trump won in, in 2018. It's essentially 43 people like uh, Mikey Sherrill, people like Allison Spanberger, people like Joe Cunningham uh, in South Carolina uh, won. So those are the folks who do want to keep it narrow. Those are the folks uh, who didn't want to impeach. And listen, Nancy Pelosi was one of those people. Adam Schiff was one of those people. I mean, they were basically holding back uh, back the floodgates of people uh, who were in the Democratic caucus who thought that the Mueller report was enough. Uh, so today you had a Nancy Pelosi saying she's confident in this moment, but also sad and, and full of humility. And, and you know, it, it is a moment. I mean, in, in hearing her talk about it, I have to say, I mean, my stomach kind of drops every time I hear her say it because it's just such a big moment for this country. And she has resisted it for quite some time. We have a lot of questions for Nancy Pelosi. Tune in tonight for a special CNN uh, town hall. House Speaker Pelosi is going to join me live right here in D.C. to talk about what's next for the impeachment inquiry, taking questions from voters. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight only on CNN. But first, another example of timing. President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, he's apparently in, guess where? Ukraine. And wait until you hear who he is meeting with. Plus, Joe Biden calling a voter a damn liar. What set off this campaign trail outburst? Stay with us. And we're back with the politics lead with House Democrats ready to move on articles of impeachment. The White House is mounting a defense for the likely trial in the U.S. Senate with President Trump himself revealing much of the playbook. The president is already saying he wants to call as witnesses Joe and Hunter Biden and perhaps even Speaker Nancy Pelosi. CNN's Pamela Brown is live for us at the White House. And Pamela, you have some new reporting about how the White House is preparing for the trial. That's right, Jake. The White House is focused on both the communications and legal strategies as they set their sights on the Senate trial. The president's lawyers here at the White House have spent the last several weeks doing research on what past presidents have done as they build the president's defense. Fresh from his checkered NATO trip in London, President Trump today asking House Democrats to speed up their impeachment inquiry, tweeting, if you're going to impeach me, do it now, fast, so we can have a fair trial in the Senate. Fast and narrow is not a good recipe for impeachment. But a hurried impeachment process was condemned by the House Republican's sole witness in Wednesday's Judiciary Committee hearing, law professor Jonathan Turley. You're trying to remove a duly elected president of the United States. And that takes time. It takes work. And echoed by senior counselor to the president, Kellyanne Conway. If you're going to do something as serious and as unusual, uh, indeed somewhat unprecedented, as impeaching a president of the United States, you, you can't rush it. According to sources familiar with the matter, White House attorneys have spent weeks preparing for a Senate trial, crafting the president's legal defense, which White House counsel Pat Cipollone will lead. But I think if you go to a trial... That'll be more familiar, and and we'll be and we're very ready for that. The president laying out part of their strategy on Twitter, saying he wants House Intel Chair Adam Schiff 
Speaker Pelosi and Joe and Hunter Biden to testify in the Senate trial. If they have nothing to hide, then they, they should be happy to come and testify. Amidst the impeachment fight, Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, finds himself in Ukraine, according to a Ukrainian lawmaker who posted on Facebook that he met with Giuliani in Kiev. The lawmaker, who, like Giuliani, is known for publicly pushing the debunked conspiracy theory that Ukraine interfered in the 2016 U.S. election, was part of a pro-Russia political party and attended a KGB academy when he was younger, according to his website. And Giuliani refused to confirm to CNN that he's in Ukraine. His spokeswoman would only say his work is, quote, still confidential. Jake? Okay, Pamela Brown, thanks so much. Uh, Let's chew over this. Uh, Amanda, let me start with you. So Trump's legal team planning this defense in a theoretical Senate trial. If uh, for those not familiar, if the House does vote to impeach, that's not the end of it. It then goes to the Senate and they serve as the jurors whether or not to remove the president from office. They uh, the Trump team and the Republicans want to bring in Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, talk about Burisma, talk about all that. Is the strategy here just to muddy the waters so that the focus is completely not on what the president did? Yes, that's what the White House would like because they're interested in causing chaos. I don't think that's in the Senate's interest at all. But given the fact that Rudy Giuliani is still meddling in this stuff as we speak, I think all Senate Republicans should be put on the spot. Do you condone Rudy Giuliani continuing to do this? The White House can get away not answering this question. Would you actually accept anything he has produced into the Senate in a trial? Because that question should be answered now. Don't wait for it to happen. No, it's interesting because we can't even get uh, House Republicans, including Manu Raju, tried today to get Kevin McCarthy to answer the question. It's a very basic question. Is it appropriate for President Trump to ask a foreign country to investigate a political rival, which is an undisputed fact? Mm -hmm. He says that in in front of the the cameras and in front of the uh, in the rough transcript. You can't even get him to answer that. Yeah. Remember, I think it was June 17th. Donald Trump sat down with George Stephanopoulos at the White House and said that he would he would be happy to take information from a foreign government if they, if they offered it. Little did we know that he was weeks away from having a phone call with a foreign leader where he asked him to do that very thing. Um, I think the Republicans are having a real gut check moment. Listen, they've made, it seems like they've made their bed. They've made their decision about how they're going to do this. History is not going to be kind to them. And I would bet voters may not be kind to them either. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Vivian, the, the meanwhile, President Trump, uh, his personal attorney, uh, Rudy Giuliani, is in Ukraine. Pictures show him with Ukrainian lawyer with Russian FSB training, a guy known for uh, pushing debunked claims about Hunter Biden and Ukraine meddling in the election. Now he wants Giuliani to help set up a quote unquote anti-corruption group in Ukraine. I have heard Republicans say that they really wish Giuliani would just stop, that this is all bad for the president. But he's not stopping and nobody is calling for him to. On the contrary, he's made it very clear on Twitter and elsewhere that he's going to vindicate himself um, through investigations of his own. And so he has uh, you know, made it clear he's going to continue doing what he's doing because he believes that the Bidens um, are hiding something. And so uh, he's trying to expose that by making these connections. But do you know who is most unhappy with Rudy Giuliani's presence in Ukraine? The Ukrainian government. A number of officials coming out in public in the last couple of hours saying, why is he here? Um, One one of them dropped a profanity on, uh, a very senior official dropped a profanity on on Facebook saying this is not a coincidence and we don't want him here. Uh, So, you know, they more than anyone else, want to distance, them, distance themselves from this controversy. And seeing Rudy Giuliani pop up again in Kiev or wherever he is in Ukraine, uh, that is disconcerting not only to a lot of uh, Republicans, but also to the Ukrainians as well. And, and Nia Malika, uh, call logs that the House Democrats released seem to show 
uh, Giuliani in contact with phone numbers associated with the Office of Management and Budget. Uh, Giuliani told CNN's Dana Bash in a text message, quote, I don't remember calling OMB and not about military aid, never knew anything about it. Today, Kellyanne Conway told reporters, you don't know what they were talking about. Um, and then, of course, we heard uh, Kellyanne Conway say uh, they're incredibly uh, that, you know, if Hunter Just, Biden and Joe Biden have nothing to hide, why don't they testify? Yeah, yeah. Rudy Giuliani, uh, same thing. If you've got nothing, nothing uh, to hide, uh, you should come forward uh, to and testify, release some documents, uh, say under oath, you know, what, what you were uh, talking about. Listen, Rudy Giuliani, obviously key to this investigation you hear on this call or you see from this transcript or from the call, the president saying, Rudy is my guy. Talk to Rudy. He is the point person, the point guy uh, running this whole operation. Uh, so telling, I think, that he is calling OMB. I don't know if he's calling to talk about the Yankees or something, um, but likely, right, if we know all of the facts about this, that there is this money being held up, the $400 million uh, in aid to Ukraine, uh, as they are talking about these deliverables, uh, it's likely that he was discussing uh, some, of, uh, some, of, some of the business. And listen, Mick Mulvaney himself said that, you know, part of the money holdup was to do with some of these investigations. Yeah, the, the 2016 The 2016, that part of it. He didn't admit to the Biden. So, you know, these folks can tweet and they can run around and have Kelly and Conway uh, come to their defense on, on Fox News. But listen, they should come before a Congress. And, and, and if they've got something to exonerate the president, uh, by all means, come say. And we should note, uh, people were wondering a lot. I heard a lot of conservatives and Republicans wondering about these phone records. How come there is an outrage that the House Democrats apparently, on the Intelligence Committee, apparently subpoenaed the phone records of uh, John Solomon, Solomon, a former columnist for The Hill, uh, and Devin Nunes, the ranking Republican. And today, the House Intelligence Committee spokesman, Patrick Boland, told me uh, that they did not subpoena the phone records of Nunes or John Solomon. Uh, And then separately, somebody suggested to me uh, that Giuliani and Lev Parnas that maybe their phone records uh, were were sought. And if you were talking to them, that might have been why Mm -hmm. it it came up. Coming up, are Democrats making a mistake by moving forward with the impeachment inquiry so quickly? We'll ask a member of the committee in charge of drafting those articles of impeachment. When will we see them? What will they include? That's next. In our politics lead today, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi all but guaranteeing that President Donald Trump will become the third president of the United States to be impeached. Announcing the members of the House Judiciary Committee are currently drafting articles of impeachment just one day after the committee held its first hearing. Joining me now is a member of the House Judiciary Committee, Congresswoman Veronica Escobar, Democrat of Texas. Congresswoman, thanks for joining us. Um, You heard Republican witness... Jonathan Turley yesterday warning in yesterday's hearing, quote, if you rush this impeachment, you're going to leave half the country behind. We heard from Congressman Francis Rooney today uh, saying his mind was still open about impeachment, but he didn't like how the process was being rushed. Why not slow it down at least and, and pursue the angle in the courts to try to get the, 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 all the memos and messages and emails you want to try to get the Mick Mulvaney's and Mike Pompeo's and John Bolton's to testify? Jake, we discussed that yesterday during our hearing with our experts, and something that I think is very important for the American public to keep in mind, we are one month away from 2020, the year where one of our most important elections will be decided, the, the election for the President of the United States, among a multitude of other federal, state, and national elections. The issue with Ukraine 
and the urgency behind it and the reason, the very reason why our um, framers, our constitutional framers included impeachment in the Constitution is because if you have a corrupt executive who is willing to maintain power by corrupting our election, there's an urgency there. If we were to wait, we've already seen that the president has done everything possible to prevent us from getting access to all of the documents, all of the witnesses that we need to. Uh, from the House Judiciary Committee, the Robert Mueller report, we're still fighting mm -hmm. uh, to gain access to some of those materials. If we wait for the courts, if we wait for an election to settle this, then we will have waited too long, in my opinion, especially after what we heard yesterday about making sure that we have a check on a corrupt executive who's willing to corrupt an election. So what is the check? If the House votes to impeach, as we, we think it likely will, and then there is a trial in the Senate and Republicans control the Senate, they have 53 seats to Democrats, 47. Ultimately, do you think the Senate's going to vote to convict? Are you confident in that? I don't have a whole lot of hope in the Senate um, because of what we've seen over the last year with Senator Mitch McConnell um, and the shamelessness of uh, basically standing in the way of the will of the American people. So what's the check? That's my question. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt. But, but if, yeah. if ultimately he's not going to be convicted uh, yeah. in the Senate, what's the check? So your, your question was if I had hope. Now, I will tell you, I, I do think that the American public still has the ability to influence their senators. This is about the sanctity of our elections, Jake, for me. And if Americans want to make sure that we maintain a strong democracy and that we do that through elections, they need to pressure their senators. Because I, now, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the House? Who knows what's going to, I don't want to get ahead of anything that we're doing. But the American people have a say, and they need to put pressure on their elected leaders about preserving and defending the Constitution and our republic. That really, truly is what's at stake here. So this will probably not come as a surprise to you, uh, Congresswoman, but one of your Democratic colleagues, Congressman uh, Jeff Van Drew uh, of New Jersey, he's a Democrat. He represents a, a district that Trump won by, I think, something like five or six points. He just came out and said he will vote against the articles of impeachment unless there is something new that he has not seen or heard before. Uh, that me means impeachment would not be unanimous among Democrats, although uh, voting against impeachment ultimately will be bipartisan. Well, that's true. It will be bipartisan uh, if Jeff uh, holds true to, to, to what he said. But the bottom line is each one of us really has to search our hearts and, and I'll tell you, I, the, when I was sworn in, that moment that I held up my hand and took that oath, the, the, and actually from the moment that I was elected last November, I have felt a very profound sense of humility and responsibility. And that oath to that Constitution, to uphold and defend that Constitution, stays with me through everything that I do. My hope is that my colleagues will do a lot of reflecting, will look at what is at stake in terms of Russia's influence over our country, our future, our elections, um, about the fact that we have seen lawlessness like we have never seen in our generation, and that when that moment comes, that they will do the correct thing. Are you worried at all? Battleground state polls indicate that a majority of voters in those states uh, oppose 
uh, impeaching President Trump. A narrow majority oppose it. Nationally, it's different. Nationally, a, a narrow majority support impeaching President Trump. But in those states you need uh, to win back the White House, the states you need to maintain your House majority, uh, the voters are not there. Are, are you worried that this is going to hurt Democrats? I'm worried in general about 2020, Jake. I mean, I I, um, believe that we are on a precipice, a very dangerous precipice as a country in so many ways, not just, um, you know, with with, uh, impeachment, but on on everything that we've had to bear witness to, everything that that we've been through as a country and what lies ahead. Um, But we can't let... I can't let that fear or concern blind me, and I can only speak for myself, I can't let that fear blind me from my obligation to my oath of office and my obligation to try to make sure that we retain the republic that so many people fought and died for. All right. Democratic Congresswoman Veronica Escobar of Texas, thank you. If I don't talk to you, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks so much. Uh, presidential candidates are supposed to win over voters, not get into shouting matches with them necessarily. Apparently, the former vice president did not get that memo. That's next. By the way, that's why I'm not senator. I don't like it up in. In our 2020 lead today, former Vice President Joe Biden firing back at a voter today after the retired farmer questioned the former vice president's age and fitness for the job and accused Biden of sending his son to work in Ukraine to sell access to President Obama. Take a listen. But you, on the other hand, fed your son over there, get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience with or nothing in order to get access to the public, to the president. So, you're, you're selling access to the president just like he does. So you've got a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has done that. I no. see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I, I'm not sedentary. I don't like it up and... Let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on? Let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take a nice Number two. Number two. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't one. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? I Get your words straight, Jack. That's well, I read, read here on the on MSNBC. You don't hear that in MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get in an argument with you, man. Well, yeah, you do, but uh, but look, fat, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It looks, he looks like you don't have to go back home to the Hey, talk. Let him talk. Any other questions? Yeah, all right. I'm not voting for you. Well, I knew you weren't, man. You think I thought you'd stand up and vote for me? You're too old to vote for me. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> um, so, uh, Jamal, uh, this, has other, <laughs> this has been a good week for Biden. Beyond that, uh, John Kerry's going to endorse him tomorrow. There's been another, a bunch of other good news for him. He's still uh, high in the polls. Is that the right way to handle an accusation from a 
By the way, that guy was saying Trump is bad and you're no better. He was not a Trump supporter. This was, I think he was, I think according to the New York Times, this is an Elizabeth Warren supporter. Is that the right way to handle that? Listen, I think passion is always important. Showing people you take it seriously is important. Uh, the vice president almost went to get into fisticuffs with this guy in the back alley. I think that's probably that's the right word for it. <laughs> right, exactly. Like going a little bit, a little bit too far. I got a little too hot. Um, but, you know, listen, they have, the Bidens have a member of their family who's got real health problems. And I think uh, the vice president, as I understand, really takes very personally what goes on in his family. And I can imagine he just reacting very negatively. Are you talking about Hunter's struggle Hunter. with addiction? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. What do you Listen, think? there has to be a better answer. Although, for once, I want to see a voter take him up on one of these challenges. <laughs> I'd like to see what happens. Like, yes, yeah, let's actually go yeah, right now. Um, that put aside, there are questions about Hunter Biden. Um, it obviously was bad judgment to accept a position on the board of Burisma. You'd have to be an idiot not to know they were trying to buy your influence. And there were and people the in the Obama administration yes. making that argument, as yes. we learned from the and testimony. So when Biden defense is like, how dare you insult my family? That's not a good look. And that's not the only board that he sat on. He was also sitting on the board of Amtrak. And you want to talk about how Joe Biden used his influence to help Amtrak and abuse all kinds of taxpayers' dollars? There's a lot of people that disagree with that kind of spending. So... Like, let's get into that. I Joe, want a better answer. Joe Biden has a very fine line to walk right now, because if we remember in 2016, there were a lot of Democratic voters who just didn't trust Hillary Clinton because of the fact that, you know, there were uh, there was questions about her role in Watergate and her emails, you know, the, with the use of the, of the private server Whitewater, and I things. Think oh, Whitewater, what did I say? Watergate. Watergate, oh, goodness. Watergate is on the mind these days. Sorry. Yes, Whitewater. So. She did work on the committee, yeah. but that's not what she meant. <laughs> right. Let's, I stand corrected. But do you um, think Biden has the same trust issues, perception of corruption issues? But that's issues? the thing, is that he, he needs to go out there and defend himself when he believes and he says that there is no wrongdoing. And it's been established by even the Ukrainians that there was no wrongdoing. And so he needs to defend himself, but at the same time, you know, in a way that he can still come off as credible to voters so that they can feel comfortable when they're moving ahead to say, this guy is trustworthy and I want to give him my vote. Uh, Nia Malika, I want to play some sound from Joe Biden uh, after that confrontation with the voter in which he was explaining why he reacted the way he did. I have overwhelming respect and love for my son. And I find myself occasionally getting frustrated that assertions have remained that are simply not accurate. But um, as my son will say, Dad, just keep your cool. Just don't let it get to you. What do you think? You know, I do think, and you make the Hillary Clinton comparison, I do think men, particularly white men, uh, who are seeking positions of power are often given uh, much more leeway uh, than, than women are. I think in this instance, a lot of voters will see a tough guy and they want Joe Biden to be tough. I was and how would they react if Elizabeth Warren reacted that same I, way? I, I'm not sure that she would, right? I mean, and Hillary Clinton has talked about this too, right? That she operated in a much more uh, narrow uh, area of behavior because women are supposed to comport themselves uh, publicly when they're seeking power in a very different way than men are. And we saw that in 2016. Donald Trump could do anything he wanted, uh, and it seemed not to, to, to you know, redound to his uh, doom or in, in any way have any negative uh, effects on him. So I think here, you know, I was at an event uh, with Joe Biden in New Hampshire, and this was months ago, and someone, this was a white man who was just yelling at Joe Biden, get in his face, get in his face, talking to Joe Biden about how he should engage with Donald Trump. Uh, and I think, you know, people like this. Everybody, you know, when you talk about Joe Biden, oh, that's just Joe being 
Joe, and Joe being Joe could be anything, right? It could be Joe Biden crying. It could be Joe Biden being sensitive he's about... Emotional, he's emotional, let's a, say. Yeah, and, and, and a, man, a, a man can him. be emotional right. in a way that a woman can't, can't It's be. certainly true that, that there's a double standard yeah. of behavior. I think that's accurate. Uh, the, the Trump administration uh, making a move that could leave close to 700,000 Americans without access to food stamps. Stay with us. In our national lead today, nearly 700,000 Americans could lose access to food stamps after the Trump administration tightened the rules, requiring more recipients to work. The Trump administration says this move will energize non-working Americans to pursue and get jobs. But as CNN's Diane Gallagher reports for us now, experts say this rule change may actually have the opposite effect. It's very expensive being poor. Very Timothy Freeman says food stamps helped him survive during tough periods of life. And he believes changes being made to government assistance will hurt, not help, his community on Atlanta's west side. How many people do you know who, who receive some kind of or have received some kind of food assistance? Out of 10, nine people out of 10 around here, men and women. Wednesday, the Trump administration revealed a change that the USDA estimates could result in nearly 700,000 Americans losing their food stamps by requiring them to work 20 hours a week before receiving the benefits. In his neighborhood, Freeman says it's not that easy. People are dealing with limitations ranging from lack of transportation to criminal records and looking for a job while hungry doesn't help. It's just going to make things worse and worse and worse over here. And we don't, we don't have much room for things to get any worse. The new rule is set to take effect in April. Now, currently, the food stamp program requires only non-disabled working age adults without dependents to have jobs. What we want to do is increase employment. We need these people in the workforce. But states can currently waive the work requirement for areas where unemployment is at least 10 percent or there are not enough open jobs available. The new rule would limit states from doing that. Now, the Trump administration has additional proposals it's working on that would change government assistance further. One of those would alter the way it calculates the poverty threshold, which could mean more than three million people would lose their government benefits over time, including half a million children being kicked off free lunch. The other one would alter uh, how they receive those utility benefits, Jake. All right, Diane Gallagher, thank you so much. It was not too long ago that they were exchanging, quote, beautiful letters, but now it's back to name-calling as Kim Jong-un dusts off a nickname for President Trump. Plus, don't miss our live CNN town hall this evening with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern, only on CNN. We'll be right back. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 